0: can do nothing god without you god you're the vine we're the branches god and god we depend on you on today father god i thank you for the holy spirit i thank you that he's our helper he's our teacher he's our god on the inside Holy Spirit, illuminate this word today. Let there be light coming from this word that it penetrates our very being, that when we open our mouths, it become fire and devour everything around us. It becomes a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. It becomes a two-edged sword. Thank you, Father God, for what you're doing, for what you have already done. God, in us and through us, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your Spirit on today. I thank you, God, for your blessings, God. You have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the favor of the Lord that surrounds us like a shield on today. I thank you for your... protection God on today God for you said no evil shall befall us neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling for you have given your angels charge over us to keep us and guard us in all of our ways on today thank you that we're the head and not the tail thank you that we're above and not beneath God I just thank you father God that we're lenders and not borrowers I thank you God that we're debt free in Jesus name we owe no man nothing but to love him in the name of Jesus God, I bind every spirit of witchcraft in the name of Jesus, God. I bind that spirit of witchcraft in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you, God, that we shall have... Free reign in this service on today. People shall be healed, delivered, and set free. Thank you for the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus because the blood of Jesus never, ever loses its power in Jesus' name. Now, God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah! Turn your Bibles again unto Ezra, the 7th chapter, verse 10. Ezra, the 7th chapter, verse 10. And we're going to continue to teach on preparing your heart through this series on how well do you know him. Amen? Amen? And in order to know him the way we need to know him and to become acquainted with him, our hearts have to be prepared. So let's look at Ezra. Chapter 7, verse 10. The Word of God reads For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. You may be seated. So it says that Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. We established that prepare means to make ready, it means to set, it means to establish. The first thing that we have to do, we have to set ourselves, establish ourselves. We have to say to ourselves, this is what I'm going to do. So we have to make our heart ready to do it. We can't wait until something happened. We have to know what's already happened. So when you set your heart, you're determined. You're saying, this is what I'm going to do. I don't know, maybe the majority of us when you go to work, you uh, set your heart what you're going to go out and do today. You purpose in your heart. You determine this is what I'm going to get done outside of what's going on around me. And guess what? We get through it. And we do it. So it's it's a heart thing. It's all about what you set in your heart to. Anything that you set your heart to, you can do it. Outside of the money you have, outside of people supporting you, outside of people talking about you. When you set your heart and you purpose your heart to do something, whether good or bad, you will do it. It is where you have set your heart, what you have set your heart to. But Ezra set his heart to the right thing. He purposed in his heart, he made up his mind, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. I'm going to seek his law. So he knew I have to do this first of all for myself. We cannot, none of us can go out and teach others concerning the word of God if we have not purposed in our heart to spend time in his word, to know what the word of God is saying unto us. We have too many people going out, don't know the word of God for themselves, but when trouble comes, they back off of what they said they knew, but they did not know. When you really know the truth and you continue in the truth, Knowing the truth is continuing in the truth. And when you know the truth, you are free because of the truth, not because of anything that you have done. But when you're standing on truth outside of how you feel, outside of what people are saying, outside of um, the way the situation is appearing to be, guess what? Truth is going to prevail because you know that God is man. God is not man. That he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it, shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it, shall he not make it good? The problem is when we quote that verse, God is not man, we still believe in that God is put in with man. There's a problem with that. We can quote the verse, but do you really know God is not man? Because if we knew that God was not man, we're dependent on him more than we're on man. When we know that God don't change his mind, we're trusting God more than we're trusting man. Because God is not going to change outside of what it looked like. God is going to stay the same if everything was tore up. The Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word shall remain. God know this right here is temporal, but God know his word is eternal. It's going to be the only thing that lasts. So I want to grab hold to what I know is going to last. In spite of what I see, in spite of how I feel, I want to hold on to what I know is eternal. That's everlasting. The word don't change. So that's how Ezekiel purposed in his heart. He knew the word don't change. Even though we're in a situation, God's word won't change. So I'm going to purpose in my heart to get into the word. I want to hear what the word has to say. So I can do what the word has to say. So if we don't purpose in our heart, first of all, we're not going to continue to be in this word. We got the purpose in our heart that we're going to let go of everything else except the word of God. This is why, when, the, when again, I'm going back to that verse. God is not man that he should lie. Amen. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Let's stop there. Do you know what he said? The Bible says, have he not said it? You got to know what God has said outside of what man is saying. Have he not said, God is not going to go back on what he said, but God is going to make it good. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he not said it? Do you really know what he said? Because if you knew what he really said, you would be doing what he said. Amen. Have he not spoken it? Do you know what he's spoken? He spoke what he said. He's going to do what he said. The problem is we have not spent enough time with him to trust him to know that his word don't change. What are you spending time with more than you spending time with God? Come on, we give God five minutes, but we give other things eight, nine, 10, 12 hours of the day. But we don't give God enough time to know that he is who he say he is. Because the longer you stay in the word, the more your spiritual part of you is built up from the word of God and your soul can retain what the word has to say. So we have to spend more time with this word, the Bible, the scriptures, than we're spending with everything else. See, it's good to say, I know. It's a lot of people saying, I know. But you're going to find out what you really know when it come to your house. You're going to find out what you really know when things begin to change on this earth. You're going to find out who you are really serving. I mean, serving him for real. Not just acting like you serving him, but you serving him for real and enough to die for what you believe. See, this is why, why in the Bible, y'all, let's don't miss this. These apostles... The ones that was followers of Jesus Christ, the ones that was preaching unto the nations, making disciples of the nations, they lay down their life for what they believed. They say, I'd rather obey God than man. They were thrown into prison. They were put in lockdown. They were beat. One of them was put in some hot boiling water or something. Was it John? He come out whole. Why? Because he knew the word would prevail over what they were going to do to him because he knew God ain't through with me yet. God gets, God is going to still get the glory even through you doing what you're doing to let you know there is no other God but him. There's no other God but Elohim. There's no other God but El Yon, the most high God. See, when you come to know who he really is, it don't matter what other people say. Come on, when you come to know who he is, it don't matter if people don't talk to you no more. When you come to know who he is, it don't matter if people cut you off. When you come to know who he is, you don't have to hide behind who you're not. You are going forth with who you are in him. When you come to know him, you are willing to separate yourself from everything that don't represent him. Because when you know he's your father and you're representing him, you're not going to get out of the way of him. You're not going to let nobody just pull you out from him because you've been with him too long. See, when you be with a person so long and you come to know them, nobody should be able to move you like that. Nobody should make you stop doing what you're doing because you know him. You know what he's done for you. So you're not going to cast him aside because you think you in love. Come on. You're not going to cast him aside because you got a feeling. No, we don't go on feelings. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a believing in him, trusting in him, depending on him and not yourself. You got to realize self didn't get you where you are. It was because of him you live, because of him you move, because of him you have your being. It was nothing you done. So when self want to rise up and say, look what i done, you need to say, self, get back in place. You didn't do nothing. Right. That's right. See, that's how you got to talk to yourself. But the problem is, self want to be seen. Self want to be heard want to be attached to why do we want people to see us hear us and be attached to us because that's what Satan wanted so when we want people to see us hear us and be attached to us we're feeling rejected we're feeling like we need people to tell us how good we are or look what we done but when you know there's no good except him there's no one good except him All of this goodness is because of him. It's not because of me. I'm living off of his goodness. I'm living off of his mercy. I'm living off of his loving kindness. I'm living off of him, not me. Because if I was living off of me, y'all, I wouldn't make it. I would not make it. So I have to trust in his righteousness, his sanctification. I have to trust in his justification. I have to know I'm set apart, not because of anything I have done, but because of what he has done. And because I know what he has done, I can live a holy life according to him and not according to me. So the more you get to know him, you're not believing everything that the world is saying. People that don't know him cannot give you truth. They'll give you what they think is true. But when you know truth, you say, no, that's a lie. That's not truth. Anybody will tell you something to get you to believe something. But when you spend so much time In this word, you know a truth from the lie. You know truth from lie, Just like Adam and Eve. Look how God set them up. He gave them everything that they needed. Y'all, that was an honor. He created everything that needed to be created on the earth. In heaven, everything was just the way it needed to be. He gave them paradise on earth. He gave them a life that was so full of him. The only thing they had to do was obey one commandment, just one. But God already knew that they weren't going to be able to do that. See, you can't get over on God. And that's what people have a tendency to forget. You cannot get over God. And if God is in me and if God is in you, a person can't stand before you and lie because God is going to reveal to you. That's not true. Why? Because you serve in a holy God. You serve in a God of truth. So they thought they could get over on God. But even in thinking that, when they messed up, God still made a way for them. Do y'all realize that's just how loving he is? Even when we mess up, God already made the way through our mess ups. God made that way over 2,000 years ago through his son, Jesus Christ. But God is waiting on us to go into truth. And know what truth is saying so we won't keep messing up. Because when you go into truth and know what truth saying, it's no way you can keep doing what you're doing. Because your heart is changed. That's where I'm going. When your heart really changed before God, you're not going to want to do what you used to do no more. Because you know that's not whom I serve. That's not whom I belong to. Just because this is what I want to do, that don't make it right. Come on, some things people do so long they think it's right. And it's not right. When you know what's right, that's what you choose to do what's right. God gave them a choice. He left it up to them. Quit trying to make people choose what you choose. You don't have to make them do anything. You give them truth and they have to make the choice. They have to live with that choice they have made. So, Ezra. Was preparing his heart. He was making his heart ready. He had set his self. Made his self ready. To say this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into the word of God. And then I'm going to. Once I set myself to get into it. He said I'm going to do it. So you can't just get into the word. You have to allow the word to get into you. And when you allow the word to get into you. Guess what it's a lifestyle. It's something that you don't have to act a certain way around certain people. Hallelujah. Hey brother. Hey sister, how you doing? You my sister, you my brother. And then when you go home, you're acting like a heathen. See no, it don't work like that. When the word of God, when you have purpose in your heart and you have set yourself to do what the word says do, your your change is gonna be at home as well. It ain't gonna only be in a building. It's going to be in your home. Your children are going to see the change. Your husband, your wife, is they should be the first one to see the change. Not the church folk. Because see, when homes break up, the first thing that church folks do or say, some of them is say, well, I can't believe she was like that. Oh, she was so precious. She gave and she just visited the sick, but she was a heathen at home. She was a Jezebel at home. She was controlling. She was manipulating at home. So see what church, some church folks, what they do is they try to stick with church folks because they say they're born again. But some of them is screwed up. I'm just here to tell you. Because if their heart is not right, if they're not in the word of God and they're just coming into a building just to say I'm here and they're going home and living any kind of way, that is not God. And we got to realize it starts at home. Your relationship with God, once you get born again, it starts at home. Home, home, home among your family. They should be the first one to see change, even when the husband or the wife, they cussing each, well, one cussing the other one out and they're saying, you know what? I still love you. Even though they're hurting on the inside, they're crying out to, they're crying out to God and say, God, show me how to love this man. Show me how to love this woman. I'm not going to change because they want me to change. The devil needs somebody in a household that say they know Jesus, but don't know Jesus to take you away from what you believe. So this is why Ezra He prepared his heart. He made his heart ready. And he said to do it. He had to do it first before he began to teach other people. We got so many people that want to teach somebody something, but their house ain't right. They're not doing what the word of God says. If the word tell me to do something, I have to be the first partaker of doing it before I ask you to do it. How can I ask you to give if I'm not giving? How can I ask you to quit lying if I'm still lying? How can I ask you to do anything that I'm not doing myself? That's a hypocrite. That's a play actor. Your life should not change when you're in the word of God. You may have some little bumps in the road. You may have some little ups and downs. But guess what? You're not changing. I had spoken with someone and I had told them something to do. And as I was praying over what I told them to do, it didn't set right with my spirit. I said, wait a minute, Father, redirect me. It didn't set right. And what I did was, after the Lord showed me how to go in with that situation, this is what I told them. And I made it clear. And the reason why I told them this is when you start with truth, you're going to end up with truth. And that's when God gives you favor through the truth. I told my husband, I said, listen to this conversation. Because see, sometimes you need some backup. You need a witness. I said, listen to this conversation. I said, when you go in, you speak truth. This is what you do when you go in. You tell them truth. And truth is what makes you free. So God, let me tell you something. You can't get over on God. One little word can mess up something. And God showed me that one little word. He said, Now I want you to go back. And this is what I want you to say. And that's what I did. Why? Because when somebody comes to you for counsel, for advice, you want to give them exactly what the word of God is saying. You don't want to cut no corners. You want to come in and tell them, No, 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 no. This is the way you do this. This is how you handle this. Now, if they don't handle it that way, it ain't on me. I was obedient to what the word was saying. And I want to ask you something. Have you been in the word so much that if somebody call you and you know they're out of order, you can tell them what the word's saying. Or do you back off the word because they're your friend? Because you don't want to tell them what the word is saying. You rather keep them as a friend and let them believe a lie. You ain't purpose in your heart yet. See, I'm gonna tell you like David David was one that the Bible said he was a man after God's heart. When you look at David lifestyle, you say unto yourself, I have said, God, how can he be a man after your heart? When he slept with Bathsheba, he killed her husband. When he did some things that he should not have done. And God began to show me, he said, when David done these things, David came back and he cried out to me. He couldn't stay in that same situation. See, when your heart is made ready before God, you may mess up. But you're going to go back to the one that you know that saved you. You're going to go back to the one that you know that has kept you. David recognized he's my keeper. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my present help in the time of trouble. He's my shield, He's the one that I depend on. So he went back and he humbled himself. He said, I have not sinned against man. I have sinned against God. That's what we have to realize. So David. What he did when Saul was after him. See, Saul was after David because he was jealous over David. You're going to have some people after you that are jealous over you. Because it's looking as if people are coming to you more than they're going to them. So the jealousy begin to rise up and they begin to talk ill about you. With other people trying to make you look bad. And trying to build them up. But David knew Saul was after him. And each time, David would get away from Saul. But it came a time in 1 Samuel 24 when Saul was in a cave. And David went in there and he cut off his robe. After David cut off his robe, David's heart smote him. That means that David became um, convicted because of what he done. David's heart smote him to the point he knew that was wrong. He had no right touching God's anointing. So what he did, he changed that situation. He could have killed Saul, but he didn't because his heart smote him. If your heart is not smoting you when you're lying, when you're doing things outside of the word of God, you better check out who you've been with. Because when you do people wrong and your heart don't smote you. Now I want you to understand David did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling him the way we do. But his heart still smote him to know it was wrong for what I did to God's anointed. So David had a change of heart. That's why God said a man after my own heart. He changed. He turned from what he did and he turned to God. See, God know we're going to fall in some areas, y'all. He know this. This is why he forgave us for past, present, and future sins because he know we're going to mess up and, and some things that we say. He know we're going to mess up in some places that we go. We can go places, don't have to say nothing, but we shouldn't be in those places. So he know these things because guess what? God know our heart. So David was a man after God's own heart. He purposed, he determined. Daniel was a, a man after God's own heart. He was determined. That made me purpose in his heart that he was not going to eat anything that was undefiled, that was defiled before God. Now, back then, God had set clean and unclean to let them know a difference. And the reason why he did it, because those other nations, they were doing stuff with animals and blood and all of this stuff. And God said, you got to be set differently so people will know the unclean from the clean. That people will know that you are separated. So he even used the animals to do that. But now that we're up under grace, we're up under a new and better covenant. Come on, you can eat what you want to eat. Yes, you can. Some people say, but if you choose not to eat meat, that's on you. That don't change, you know, your faith. That don't. That's just something you choose. But God said everything he created is good. Everything he has created is good. It's just what people use that God has created for their means of evil. So we see that once you prepare your heart, and then God showed me, even in the word of God, the illustration I gave y'all, spirit, soul, and body. Remember, I had Mitch up here. Was he representing the spirit? Then we had Gloria. She was representing the soul. Jennifer was representing the body. Remember, whatever the soul think, the body is going to do. Whether it's right or wrong, the body is going to follow your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. If that soul think long enough on some type of sin, whether it's fornication, whether it's adultery, whether it's lying, whether it's um, gossip, whatever that soul is thinking on long enough, that body, which has a mouth, is going to open up and do it. Let me say it again. Whatever that soul think on long enough. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so you're going to become what you think. Your body's only following what you think. If you see a loose woman twitching every which way but loose, she's been thinking about that twitching before the body starts twitching. Now, if your mind is thinking on something that's not good. The body is going to react to the way of the thinking. This this man was saying that when he grew up, they were saying you can never dance before the Lord. So he never danced before the Lord. Now, he knew that some dances were not right that you, you know, go before the Lord with. But they had instilled in them, you cannot dance before the Lord. So all his life, he never danced before the Lord. So one man, he said he watched one man get up and he was praising God and he was just dancing before the Lord and doing stuff. And he was like, wow, the man came to him and he said, why don't you dance before the Lord? He said, I just choose not to dance before the Lord. And he said, to this day, I still don't dance before the Lord, even though I know it's a good thing. I don't do it because it takes me back to where I was when they told me I couldn't. He said, so I have purpose in my heart that I won't do it for years. He said, not that it's a, you know, a bad thing. He said, it's just that all those years I set my heart to what I learned. We got people that have set their heart to what they learned through forefathers. Through their upbringing, that when you bring them the truth, they don't want it. You telling them exactly what the word said, and they twisted the word to keep believing a lie. We have that. We have it in churches, and some people wouldn't see the light of God if it blinded them in their eye, like Paul, because they're so stubborn. They' so full of themselves you telling them what's going on and they're telling you that's a lie and you've seen it for yourself and they' still saying that's a lie okay you believe what you want then they find out what you said was truth then' they looking like a fool because their heart ain't right so when you got spirit you got soul and you got body if that soul don't line up with what this word is saying did y'all not read? On Romans 12, 1 and 2. When he said, make your body. Who body is he talking about? Mine and yours. He didn't say he was going to do. Let's read it. Go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it's saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to Christians. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's verse one. Now, Paul is going to tell you in verse two how to do it. God ain't going to leave you ignorant, y'all. Isn't he a good father? Who got to present their bodies as a what? Alive, not dead. He said, as a living sacrifice, something that's living is not dead. Holy, set apart. Unto who? Not unto man. Let's leave man out of it. Because I'm not living a life to get... Please, you know, for man to like me. The life that I'm living, I'm living it according to him. Not to get my husband, my daddy, my aunts, my cousins, church folks to like me. I'm going to live a life that's pleasing to God. And when they find out they don't like me, it's because of the life I'm living. Oh, y'all don't get it? This is what you got to do. Who did God tell to do this? Who did he tell to do it? He said, make your body. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. This is your act of worship. Here's how you do it. Be not conformed. To what? This world. So if I'm making my body a living sacrifice, I got the purpose in my heart not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. Not to be doing what this world does. We can stop right there and you can go back on memory lane just yesterday and ask the Holy Spirit, have I patterned myself after the dictates of this world? The Holy Spirit will show you if you've done it or not. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. See, there's a change that need to happen. The change happened in your spirit. That's where you were born again at, in your spirit. But the transformation got to take place in your mind because you got born again in your spirit, but your mind have to catch what's in the spirit. So be ye transformed, change by the renewing of your mind. Now look, y'all, I talked about that little butterfly and how the little caterpillar, is. it just looked ugly, it just looked nasty to me. So the first thing you want to do is kill the caterpillar. You see one crawling in your house and you say, well, you shouldn't have come in here. Now you ain't going to be transformed and changed because I'm going to kill you dead. But then when you see a butterfly and that butterfly have such beautiful colors, then you'll be saying, I let you live. So you can transform and change into whom God wanted you to be. So that's why we have to get into the word. Even though you got saved, even though you got born again, guess what? People are not actually seeing who you really are and you're not actually seeing it because you don't know who you are according to your spirit. So in order for my body to go about who I am unto him, I have to transform my mind. Then the next thing it says that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We cannot prove what's the good and perfect and acceptable will of God until our mindset has changed. Our mind have to agree with the spirit and everything that's in the spirit comes from what's already been written. Everything. Everything. Everything you will ever need is in your spirit, but the life of God cannot flow to your um, mind, will, and your emotion to get to your body until your mind is transformed to who you are now that you're in Christ. If you're not taking the word of God as your medicine, as a prescription every day, guess what? You're going to live a life outside of who you are now that you're in him. But the more you grab hold to who you are now that you're in him, your body ain't going to twitch no more. Your body ain't going to dress that way no more. Your body ain't going to act. Guess what? You're making your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, because this is your reasonable service. This is your act of worship. You're dressing the way you dress. That's going to change. I don't know about you ladies. But I'm finding out when you go buy clothes, you better buy you some safety pins too. Because when you buy shirts now, everything out. You got the pinning all the way up. Some women love for it to be out and show. I don't. Because of who I am and who I represent, I don't need nobody to look at me like that but my husband. We don't need every man to be looking at what you got. Because first of all, if you don't have no husband, you're married to God first and foremost. So by me being married to God, I'm representing him, so I don't want to go out looking like I'm looking for something. Because the first thing people look at it, yeah, people go places to get looks. Because they're not satisfied with themselves, so they dress up to get people to look at them to feel satisfied with them. The only way you're going to be satisfied with this new life that you have in Christ is to get to know this new life. If you have not gotten to know this new life, you still live in an old life because you want people to know how good you look. It's not about you. Paul had to realize, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. When Paul recognized that, Paul was not worried about his life no more because he knew his life was in Christ. He said, whether I live or whether I die, I know I'm in Christ. So we have to know these things first of all. It is not about people attaching to me. It's about me bringing glory unto God. This is why I tell people, you're not going to ride my coattail. No, I'm going to teach you what the word of God says, but you can't be dependent on me. You got to depend on him because when I'm not here, you got to know that you know that you know that you know that you know outside of me. It's too many pastors want people to depend on them. You got to depend on what the words say. It is my job when I talk to anybody to say, "What are you depending on? Whom are you depending on? What do the wo- I'm going to build you up in the things of God, not in me. We're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to encourage each other in the Lord. Amen. We're supposed to tell people to rejoice, even when it looks like they ain't got nothing to rejoice for. Why should I rejoice? Because the words say rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Well, I don't have anything to rejoice about, but the words say you should be rejoicing. The words say, give thanks in all things, but this is his will concerning you. You telling me to give thanks because I'm sick? No, I'm telling you to give thanks because you're already well. So we're going to thank him that you the healed, not that you the sick you telling me to give thanks and they done fired me off of my job? Yes, I'm telling you to give thanks because God has already supplied your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. you telling me to give thanks? And my children are treating me any kind of way and my husband? Yes, I'm telling you to give thanks because a sanctified wife will sanctify the husband and the house. Give him some thanks. See, when you know what the word says, you're spending more time. Focus on the word than you are on people. People will change. y'all, And they change according to where their mind is. If they're in front of the tube all day long. That's what you're going to get tube. You're going to get more of what the TV saying than what the word is saying. So that's why we have to be transformed, changed by the word of God. That's the only thing that's going to change your soul. The spirit is already changed, but you're not going to get life from the spirit until there's a transformation in your soul. Then your body is going to follow. So what we have to do to make our hearts ready to prepare our hearts, we have to get rid of everything in our life that's stopping us from getting the word of God. The way we need to get it. And I guess some people say. How will I know. what You know what's in your life. You know whom and what you're spending more time with. You know if you're watching too much TV. And, and not in the word the way you need to be. You know where you are in the run of a day. And what you're doing and how you're doing it. You know these things. But sometimes people want to act like they're ignorant. But you know. So then. We have to move these things out of our way. That's what Samuel was telling the Israelites. He was telling Israel. He said, give God your whole heart. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. I know we done been there, but we're going again. We want something to stick. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 says, And Samuel spoke unto all the house of Israel. You see, he was speaking unto who? All God is speaking unto everybody that's in this room saying, if you do return unto the Lord, if you do return unto the Lord with all your heart, we got to give God what? All of our heart, not just part of it, all of it. And this is how you do it. Then put away, he's telling them how to give God all your heart. Put away the strange gods and the astros." from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines so this is what they had to do they had to get rid of all these gods that they were serving now some people say I ain't serving no other God but God let me let me make it plain your husband your wife your children your dog your cat your car your house your shoes your clothes your your uh, eyelashes your nails your your hair Anything that you serve in more than you serving God is an idol. Anything that you feel like you got to have pocketbooks, anything, shoes, you know, things got to be, as, I'll put it this way. I'll tell you what an idol is. If you come to my house and my house is set up like I want it to be set up and I can't move nothing for you and I got a special place for you to sit except that area, that's an idol. Nobody can't come in that area. That got to stay purdy. So you come in this area. You ain't sitting over there. That's an idol. Anything that you idolize to make it stand out more than anything else. Now, don't get me wrong. We want to take care of what we have. But if somebody can't sit on it, if somebody can't touch it, it's an idol. If somebody lean up against your car and you just washed watch, it and you say, hey. You're going to, you need to come off my car. How are they hurting that car? Just leaning on that car. And you do it every time. Check your idols. Now, I have to pick on my husband. This was years ago. Thank God he ain't like that today. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Thank God he saved, Lord. Thank God he has accepted you because when he had that white ghost of an escort. That was his Holy Ghost. You get He washed that car, I believe it was 24 hours in a day, and I believe he washed it up to the 24 hour. Lisa, you know, right? Everywhere he went, he parked the car, he wiping it. He go in the house and come out, he's wiping it. You sit in his car, you got to be just like a dummy, like a dummy. And I mean that don't move. Because if you're eating anything, I remember I said, I don't think he saw that. I dropped a little piece of crumb. He was looking straight ahead. And he kept looking ahead. He said, you going to get that? I said, this man done lost his mind. So I started getting rebellious. I drop it for meanness. I break you one way or the other. I drop it for meanness. I pull out of you. Because you're forgetting where you come from. You forgetting what you didn't have before you had this buddy. So see, we went round and round by that little escort, didn't we? But that very same escort, the one he loved so much, things started getting stolen off of it, didn't he? He was spending more money putting it back up there than it got stolen off because he was making it his idol. I found out how important I was when he first got it. He picked up my cousin and left me standing. So I said, oh, Thank you, Jesus. Everything is coming out. My cousin got in the car with him. Steve got in the car with him. They rolled off in the sunset like they were dating. He left me home. I'm still with him, so you know I had to forgive him, right? But it was in the back of my mind. He don't do that now. He don't do that now. Thank you, Jesus. He don't make them cars his idol now because he know he got to come home to mama right? I got to come home to him. But one thing I can say, we know the idols that we have in our lives. We know the things that we appreciate more than we appreciate God. Because whom do you depend on in time of trouble? Whom do you go to for real in the time of trouble? Whom are you calling when things are happening in your life? That's who your God is. The more you spend time with God, the more you go to God. When things look so tore up in your life, you don't know which way to turn, but you're crying out to God even the more to say, God, if you don't do this, nobody can. God, I'm staying right here with you. You got to show me, God. I'm not moving off of what you said. This is what you promised me. God, I'm tore up. God, I'm hurt. I don't know what else to do, but I know you do, God. You know how I feel, God. So the first thing is, Removing these things out of your life, because when you can remove them out of your life and they did it, the Bible said they removed these idols because they wanted to serve God. They removed them. But guess what, y'all later on and put them back. God already knew, but they did it. They said, we'll get rid of these to serve God. So guess what? They were making an effort. But you got to keep your heart. I'm going there. You can remove these things. But this is why Proverbs, the fourth chapter, tell us in in chapter verse 20, it says what? Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. And y'all, inclining your ear shouldn't be hard. But when it comes to the word of God, it's harder because we so used to inclining our ears to gossip and all this stuff that we... Let me hear what they say. But when it comes to the word, it bypass. So he's telling us, I want you to incline your ear unto my sayings. So he wants us to let them not depart from our eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Do you know what that word "keep" there is two keeps in that same chapter. But that keep means to root it. Keep meaning it got to be rooted. It got to take a deep root in your heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and their medicine help to all flesh. They'll go to flesh again. Remember I told you that soul. When you get into the word of God and you transform in your mind, guess what? It's going to bring health to your body. Because you began to believe the word of God so the spirit of God is releasing the life to come to the body and your body ain't feeling the way it used to feel. Why? Because you've been transformed. You've been changed. Now you're proving, you knowing what the good acceptable will of God is so your body has no choice but to follow. So why is my body keep going back and forth like a windshield wiper? It is because your body is confused. One minute you're telling your body you're healed. The next minute you're telling your body you ain't gonna make it. Then the next minute you're saying you still healed. Then the next minute you're telling your body you're gonna die if you don't get some help. Then the next minute you're telling your body, we're gonna try to make it. Then the next minute your body is just, just falling down. Then the next minute you're saying, get up before you die. Your body is confused. Your body don't know which way to go. Why? Because you're saying one thing and you're doing another. So now your body is not coming into alignment. So you got to be steadfast, unremovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So when your body get used to doing something, it don't take it long to do it. And this is why... We have to have some transformation, some change in our mind so our body can follow what the mind is thinking. Everybody got it? And remember I say you're getting rid of these things so you're removing these idols. Remember I said there's blockers. And you got to remove these blockers in your life. Let's talk about how do you find out about these blockers. Go with me to Psalms 139. Psalms 139, this is David. This is a man after God's own heart. And this is what David was saying to God. And I love this because we got to understand where David was coming from. David was recognizing that God was all-knowing. He was all-present. He was all-powerful. That whole Psalms 139 is David talking about God know all about him. God is all-knowing. He know when he rise up. He know when he lay down. If he went to hell, he's there. If he went to heaven, he went. To, he's there. Everywhere he is, God is there. Why? Because he's all-present. So, but then, let's look at verse 23. This is what we do to find out what's in our lives. In 22, 23, it says, search me, O God. We need to spend more time asking the Lord to search us. And let me tell you what that search means. It means to examine me, oh God. And I'm going to break that down for you. When you go to, to a doctor's appointment, you go into that doctor's appointment for a physical. Your yearly physical. And that doctor examines you from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> I'm just putting that in there. But they examine you to make sure everything is functioning the way it needs to be functioning. They give you an, a thorough examination, right? They examine you. They're seeing if there's anything that's wrong that you know should should not be wrong. So they do that. So they're examining you to find out what's going on with your body, right? Because you have different parts of your body, and you have different doctors for those different parts. Isn't that something? You have one doctor, they give you a physical, but they don't know too much about this part, but they know that part ain't doing what it's supposed to do, so I'm going to send you to a liver specialist. Your your heart ain't doing like it's supposed to do, I'm going to send you to a heart specialist. Your head ain't, ain't right like it's supposed to be, I'm going to send you to this specialist. Because you got to go in there and you got to tell them, this is what's going on with me for them to send you where they need to send you, and they stick you up on the machine for the machine to determine whether you're going to live or die. Y'all better think about it. You don't know if those machines are wrong. You just go on that that machine should be able to tell them what ain't right in your body. Correct? But if that machine is malfunctioning and it has given several bad diagnoses and they don't know it until somebody wake up to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit say, that's not true. I want you to go somewhere else and I want you to get another opinion. You go somewhere else and they say what they said is not true. So then they have to check out the machine. They find out the machine was wrong. We trust in machines more than we trust in God. But David said, Search me, O God. So he said, I want you to give a thorough search of me, God. See, the Holy Spirit shines the light. He go into the deep parts of you and he begin to come up and tell you this is what's going on. So examine me. I want you to give me a thorough examination, Lord, and I want you to tell me what's going on with me. That's what David was saying. Now, David had to wait on him to tell him, right? What do we do? We wait on the doctor to give us a report, right? And we know that we trust that doctor because we've been with that doctor for 20 years. So we trust in what they have to say. We put our trust in them. Just tell me, I can take it. So why don't we really put our trust in God and say, God, search me. See what's in me. See what's holding me. See what's stopping me from purposing in my heart to serve you the way I need to serve you to the fullest. What have I picked up, God, that I have put before you? Now, God is really going to answer you if your heart is right. Because he already knows what you're up to. So David says, search me, O God, and know, here it is, my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Do we really want God to do that? Come on. Do we really want God to search us out? Do we really want God to try our heart? Do we really want him to try us and know our thoughts? And listen what he said. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Can we do that, y'all? Can we really be up front with God and say, God. I know something is not right with me. I know something. I I feel a pulling and I feel a tugging pulling me away from this word. God, what is it that's pulling me away from this word? That's keeping me in a place I shouldn't be in because God, I want to have that place with you. I want to have that place with you that when you spoke to Samuel and Samuel say, yes. God. Yes, Lord, your servant here. God, I want to hear you to the point of, I don't have to question if it's you or not. It's something blocking me from hearing you. God, what is it? Search me out, God. Search me. Examine me. I'm not worried about nobody else. Examine me. Have we taken that time instead of being so opinionated when it comes to everybody else? Have we taken the time to say, search me, Lord? Because I'm going to tell you something. While you're waiting on the Lord to search you, God already used someone that he can trust and have showed them you. And they have already told you what's there, but you refuse to believe it because you say it's not me. We'll go way back to our childhoods. You know, they say your upbringing means a lot. It does. The way you were brought up, it does mean a lot. The way you're raised by your father and mother, it, it means a lot because you trust them. You trust their opinion. Whatever they say, you believe it, whether it's right or wrong. If they say they're going to get you a bike and it's going to be red and you're going to be have the best bike in the neighborhood, you're taking that. You're saying, you're going to talk about that, right? Guess what? I'm getting a bike for Christmas. It's going to be the best bike in the neighborhood. My daddy says it's going to be red. Y'all wait till y'all see my bike on my birthday cuz my daddy told me that's what he's going to do and I believe my daddy cuz my daddy loves me. Birthday come, no bike. But you still believe your daddy. Cuz that's your daddy and you knew that if and, and then the thing about believing a dad is when that dad come to you after they couldn't get it and they sit you down before them and say you know it was my intentions to get you that bike but something come up that I had to take care of in the household so we have to make sure that the household have what it needs you got to have food you got to have clothing you got to have light so when that parent sit that child down and say this is why you could not get that bike that child is going to love that parent even the more and when they grow up they're going to remember this is what my dad said. My dad was honest to me. But a dad that took the money and just done what he wanted to do with the money said shut up I'm your dad. If I ain't want to get you unbite I don't have to get you nothing. That child gonna remember that. But a dad that's open and honest always with a child that's gonna be raised in that child and that child is not gonna let nobody talk about their, their parents. Cause they said when they couldn't get it they explained why they couldn't get it. And that's how I knew that they loved me. But when it comes to God, there ain't no can in God. If God say you're going to get a red bike, you already got the red bike. You already got it because God said the bike is yours. It don't matter what the banks say. It don't matter what your job say. Only thing you're going on is what God told you. And you speaking about that red bike. And every year they say, I don't see no bike, but I have it. I have it because my father don't lie. The word said, God is not man, that he should lie. So I know I heard what he said. So I'm going to stand on what he said. And I don't even have to answer no more because I know he's God. So you come up in there with your red bike. And they look at you and say, I want to serve that God. But see, we don't take God like that. Because when you don't see it, then you figure I mustn't hear what God was saying. But see, you got to see in the spirit first. You got to see yourself riding that bike first. You got to see yourself going down the road in that bike. And when you see it first, that means I'm trusting you, God, you done showed me what belonged to me. So God is saying, We got to say, search me, Lord, show me what's blocking me, show me what's keeping me from receiving what already belonged to me, because I know what you said, God, so I cannot go on anything except what you said. Do you know when the majority of people want God to search them when man can't do nothing? When man said and done done all I can do, you don't went to one, you don't went to two, you don't went to three and they're giving you the same answers. You know why they're giving you the same answers? Because your report is following you wherever you go. They're taking that same report. They're going over that report. And they're saying, well, I don't think they missed nothing. I'll just go through the report. So everywhere you go, it's the same report. Then finally you stop and say, God, whom report? Because you're going on him. The problem is, why do we give up on God first and foremost? Because we haven't come to know him. Every day should be a day of knowing him more than we know anything else. Do I know him the way I need to? Mm -mm. Because the more I get into his word, the more my eyes open up and I'm saying, wow. God, that's awesome. God, help me in that area. Show me what to do in that area. So the more you go into the word, the more you let the word get into you, the more you will be manifesting him. And no matter how much trouble come, you say, God, your word say you the present help in the time of trouble. God, if I wasn't afflicted, I wouldn't know your way. Some of us don't like affliction, but we got to realize sometimes it takes affliction for us to know his way. For us to know him in a better way. Nobody in this room want to be afflicted. Nobody in this room want to be persecuted. Nobody in this room. I just. Hey. You just want to be saved. And you want to live that life of luxury. Being saved. But I'm here to tell you. If you. If you are really saved. You're going to be persecuted. The Bible says so. But he said be of a good cheer. I have overcome. I have overcame this world. That's what we got to hold on to. And guess what? The one that has overcame is in us. So guess what? He's not going to let us stay here on this earth and go through without the power of God being released through us to let them know whom we serve. But we got to give him a chance. Some people are talking foolishness that are saying they they're, they're compromising. Well, they said we can't. I'm just going to go on. Okay, that's that's you. But I'm just going to tell you what he said. I can only be the messenger. But you have the choice of what you're going to believe. We cannot beat stuff over people. Don't get mad at people because they don't want to hear you. You're just delivering the word. So we, we want to find out where those blockers are. Once we find out where those blockers are, remember what David said. He said, now lead me in the way everlasting. Now, God, you showed them to me. So God, show me how to take the word of God to uproot what I have planted. Now, I'm going to show you another scripture. Go with me to Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to show you some of these blockers that are in our lives. And sometimes we get so used to them being there, we don't consider them as being a blocker. And I want to say this before I go here. You know how when you have arteries in your heart blocked? And they have to remove those arteries, remove that plaque or whatever there because the blood cannot flow through. So your body is doing some unusual things because of that. So you got to have, you know, what is it, a bypass, uh, whatever you call it, stents. But guess what? They're just stents. They can't put it back like God intended for. Them. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. They do just enough. Until that period is up for that not to work no more. Understand, man cannot duplicate God. God is the only one that can put it. That's why you have miracles. That's why you have gifts of healing because man cannot put you back. See, Humpty Dumpty couldn't be put back together again. Humpty Dumpty dumpty had a great fall. All the wise men, all the king horses, whoever it was. Couldn't put that fat Humpney it back together again. So he just died. Because <laughs> they couldn't do it. So I want you to think about this. Man give you what they can give you, but there's an expiration date on what they give you. And they tell you this. Well, we can give you this, and it's guaranteed for five years. And after those five years, that's it. There's nothing else that we can do for you. This is what they, they have to tell you this. Because they know they don't have nothing to really keep you. Understand this. They do enough to get you by until you're ready to die. When you get up in the age between 70 and 80, or if you're in your 60s and you look 80, they just let you die. I'm just being honest. Y'all better wake up they just let you die they say well you got your good 80 years on earth we are just gonna let you die we got to help somebody else we ain't got enough for both of you so you done lived out your life so just die <laughs> y'all think y'all think it's funny but it's the truth don't go in there look you better go in there with your hair dyed and tell them you got the wrong uh, birthday <laughs> it's the truth They they leave you to die They leave you to die. Think about it. When you put people in nursing homes, a nursing home is for somebody else to nurse you and not family. So when you can't see family, you give up all hope and you just die. You keep a person home and they're getting the love that they need and the care that they need. They live a long time because they're around family and it's giving them hope. Y'all better think about it. Man, know they can't do but so much. And they're saying, you ain't going to kill me. You don't live your life. Die. They have to follow what they have learned. But God gives us life. He knows you're departing when you're going to depart. So when you know him and truly know him, you will hear him and know. My granddaddy, he knew when it was time for him to go. Never went to a doctor, never went to a hospital. In his younger years, he did. But when he went there, he was preaching in the hospital and spitting out pills. He knew it was his time to go. He says, my time, God told me it was my time. And he died. But some of us, <laughs> I'm just not ready to live this leave this world. I got more to do. <laughs> uh-huh then what are you doing now? Because our life is not our own. What we supposed to be doing is making disciples of nations. We supposed to be getting out and telling people about Jesus. We don't supposed to be about us no more. When we trust God to the fullest, y'all I'm talking to me too. When we trust God to the fullest, we say, God, Show me what I haven't done. Show me what I need to do. God, I don't want my mind to be on me. I want it to be on you. Because then God took me back to Nehemiah. Because see, I talked to God and I ask God questions because I'm like, God, I want to do everything that you want me to do. Not half-heartedly. I want to do it with my whole heart. I don't want to leave nothing incomplete. I want to complete what you have put in my hands. He took me to Nehemiah and he showed me Nehemiah when Nehemiah got the report y'all concerning Israel, concerning how the walls was burnt down and how Nehemiah began to cry out for his people. Can I ask you a question? Are you crying out for this nation? Are you truly crying out for the people that's in this pandemic, the people that are away from their families? Are you truly crying out and saying, Lord, what if it was my family member? Lord, what do you want me to do in the midst of this pandemic? Are we truly crying out unto God? Nehemiah cried out with his whole heart. He began to repent on their behalf. Forgive us. Have we got there yet? Have we purpose in our heart to pray for others except our family? Lord, is somebody worse off than this one in my family, than that one? Is somebody worse off, Lord? What would you have me to do? So Nehemiah had to purpose. He had to determine, Lord, help me so I can help the people. When the Lord knew Nehemiah's heart, he turned the heart of the king. To Nehemiah. And then when they began to build those walls. Guess what happened? The Bible said that they did it because the people had a mind to work. When you purpose in your heart. That you're going to do things the way God wants them to be done. Outside of the enemy coming. Y'all the enemy came in on Nehemiah several times. But what Nehemiah did, he began to pray to God. He began to seek God. Even when the, they were going to send a prophet that he knew, he wouldn't take that word of the prophet because he already knew what God had told him. He said, why should I come down to you? I'm doing a great work for the Lord. Why should I come down to you? We're coming down to so many people instead of staying on that wall. God said, whatever I have put in your hands for you to do, if you have purposed it in your heart to do it, I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to give you what's needed. Don't you come down because people looking at you cross-eyed. Don't you come down because family is not there for you no more. Because your husband or wife is tripping on you. Don't you come down. Having peace in your home ain't the kind of peace you looking at. The kind of peace that God wants you to have in your home is the peace that when your home is tore up, there's still a calmness. Why, there's a calmness within you. The husband never shut up. You still at peace because you at peace with him. You don't bow down because your husband ain't satisfied. If you're doing what the word of God says, God will change the husband's heart. He'll open up doors that men have shut on your behalf. So God said your heart have to be turned towards him. Totally And completely by getting things out of the way. Ask him what's in your way. What's keeping you from serving him the way you need to serve him. Y'all I have learned in ministry. For 20 years in ministry. And my husband can vouch. I don't know who else can. I have not tried. To put anything. Ahead of God. Had many opportunities. to. I, I remember we had an opportunity with. Was it Daystar or. Some other television station. I can't remember what it was. Had a big opportunity to get up there. And this is what I had told Darlene. I said, if we can't be faithful over Fox, then I'm not going on the other. I'm staying where God told me to stay. I'm doing what God told me to do because I'm not getting out here and cannot. I'm not doing it in my own power. Because it's not by might nor by power, but it is by his spirit. So everything I do, I want it to be done unto him and not unto man. I'm not taking it because I can be on this television program or that television program. I want to be where God will have me to be. So I didn't try to take on things just because everybody else was doing it. Just because it looked good. See, the problem with some of the churches today, they're putting things in the church that God didn't tell them to put in the church. Because they're trying to draw men and women and children to the church by having this, by having that. And then they're finding out that ain't what God has placed in your hands. That's not what God has called you to do. He may have called somebody else. But don't try to do stuff to keep folk. Do it with your whole heart. Be committed unto him first. And God will open those doors. So wherever you are, know that you're there representing him. Not yourself. Do it unto him and not unto man. Ask him to show you these things. That's the first thing that we're going to do. And prayerfully next Sunday, I'm going to come in with the second part, dealing with the heart. Because it's more that we have to do to prepare our hearts. First is moving stuff out the way. Last part of proverb. Well, I told you to turn somewhere. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's so good. He reminded me. Go to Mark chapter 4. Start at verse 15, and I'm going to go through this quickly. These are some of the things that happens. and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, remember the word is sown, that's me giving you the word. you're hearing the word. Satan come immediately and take away the word that was sown in the heart. He don't want the word to get where in the heart. Because he know when that word get in the heart, he can't easily pull it up. Now, this is how he gets it away too. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. Stony ground is hard ground. It's hard ground. It hadn't been turned over. It hadn't been cultivated. The Bible says that they hear the word who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. How many of us have heard the word? And we immediately receive it with gladness and say, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's so good, Lord. God, I praise you. God, you know what I need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We run all over the place. We do cartwheels. We just feel good, right? It's stony ground. That's a hard heart. Then it says immediately receive it with gladness and have no roots in themselves. Why is there no root? Because it's on stony ground. It hasn't got down deep. And so endure, but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction, persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Because the word was sown with a hard heart. So when people begin to persecute them, when they begin, when trouble comes, guess what they do? They stumble. Because the word was never put down deep in the heart. Then the, here go the ones on thorny, that the word was sown amongst the thorns. They heard the word, and it said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entered and choked the word, and it became unfruitful. So see, these are three, Was well, actually four types of ground, which is the good ground. They hear the word, they receive the word. After they receive it, they bring forth um, 30, 60, and 100 fold. But the other two grounds, three grounds, those are the grounds you got to ask God about in your life. Are you allowing riches, lusting after other things, to wrap around the word of God and you not bringing forth fruit? Are you allowing um, a stony heart where the word is heard but the word is not getting deep because trouble is in the way, persecution is in the way, and you stumble because of that trouble? And that persecution. So the word is not deep in the heart. The word has to be deep in the heart. It cannot be a a head thing. It has to be a heart thing. That's why the Bible say out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speak. You either make that tree good or you make that tree bad. But it's according to what's in your heart. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Treasure is what you value, and you keep that treasure in a special place. You make sure that nobody can come in and take that treasure. You keep it in lockdown. That's why I say keep your heart with all diligence. Watch over your heart. Even though you move these things out the way, you got to be a watchman over your heart, making sure you don't allow these things to come back in and uproot what you have planted. We got some people that's not watching over their heart with all diligence. You allowing a man, you allowing a woman, you allowing material things, you allowing um, television, you allowing things to come in and uproot what you have planted And then when trouble come and persecution come, you are stumbling and you're wondering, why am I still in the same place? Because you didn't guard your heart. You got to keep your heart. You got to watch over your heart. The Bible gives us all the answers we need if we would just go into the word of God. And when we asked him, God, what do I do? God, how do I do it? God, show me. I cannot move until you show me. Everything cannot be shared with everybody because everybody's not in the same place. People can love you so much they can actually kill you because it ain't God's love. <laughs> they can. They will tell you to do this and you do it and you find out that's not what I should have done. So you got to live with those constant that's why you got to go into prayer that's why you got to begin to if if your flesh won't get in subjection that's when you go into fasting when you're having a hard time to shut that flesh down you put that flesh on lockdown through you won't have this a fast can be television it don't have to be food some people can stay away from food but it can be the television can be facebook it can be things in your life that you always gravitating to. Shut it down. And I guarantee if you shut those things down, that flesh gonna become so weak. It gets sick because that's what it was used to all the time to bring you what you want. Shut it down. Move those things out of your life. We're gonna go into more of this teaching and some more to this of preparing your heart, but I wanna make sure, please go back through this. Go back through it and ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Show me even in this word, even in these scriptures. See, I can encourage you all day long. But if I'm not telling you what to do to keep yourself encouraged, something's wrong with that. And I'm going to back up. Remember I said the doctor examines you. I'll give you an example. Some people have to take blood pressure pills. And there's a reason why you have to take them. Some people take them because... They eating the wrong stuff, and their body can't tolerate that no more. Sometimes it ain't what you're eating; it's that you stressed out a lot. You're worried about so many things that they have to give you some medication to keep you calm, so you won't blow up, right? So they give you that, and then they tell you this is how you take it. They tell you how to take it. You got to take it exactly how they tell you to take it because you know it's gonna bring a calmness to your body. You cannot take it the way you think you need to take it. Now, if they tell you, you take a whole pill, you finding out you taking that whole pill and your body just ain't acting right to that whole pill. So you go back to the ones that gave you the medicine. You say, when I take this whole pill, this is what happened. They say, okay, well, cut it in half. Let's try cutting it in half and see how that worked for you. So you cut it in half and then you say, well, it's working a little bit better, but I'm still feeling a certain way. So they got to come up with something else, but you don't give up. You keep going. Amen. Because you taking that man at his word. Is that not right? You're taking him at his word. You're doing what he's telling you to do because you built up trust in him. You haven't even read the um, follow-up on the medication to know whether or not it'll kill you or not. You, you just throw that little pamphlet away. Do you know why they give you those pamphlets with your medication? Because they ain't going to be responsible if you fall over dead. They're going to tell you the side effects of that medication, and it's up to you whether or not you want to take it. They're going to say side effects could shut down your liver. Side effects could bring some dizziness. Side effects could bring some blindness. You don't look at all that. Only thing you look at is, it's going to help me. I'm going somewhere. And we make sure we do like they say. Because when we go back to them, we, hold up. I heard this. Some people be lying you taking the blood pressure medicine and you're still eating pork and everything else and you telling them, I'm taking it like you told me, you telling them half-truth. Because they said, not only do you take this, but you can't eat this no more. Because if you're going to eat this, it's defeating the purpose of you taking this. But you still taking that and eating like you want. Yo, labor, please. If you're going to have the doctor to help you, do like he says or she says. Quit trying to play the field. Do like they say do, because why are you going to them if you don't trust them? Do like they tell you to do. Take what they tell you to take. Don't eat what they're telling you not to eat. And just follow what they're telling you to follow. I'm going somewhere. The Bible says, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health, medicine, I just gave you medicine. And the only thing you got to do is follow the prescription. I gave you a prescription. He's saying, take it. He said, but you got to keep it in your heart. Don't they tell you when you take a Tylenol or whatever, take it every four hours? You got to take it every four hours so you won't have no pain. The pain's still there. Didn't know that? The pain's still there. Quit taking the Tylenol. You find out. You ain't getting rid of the pain. <laughs> you just taking it like they said, and your mind doesn't build up. If I take it, I will not have no pain. Really, your body <laughs> is only doing what you build your mind up to. Give you an example. I was told by this nurse that a woman had a problem and she was in so much pain and they gave her a dose of something. And it was the most powerful medicine they had in the hospital for pain. That was the only thing they can give her. She said, I'm still hurting. This ain't no way you can be in pain with what you taking. They say, she said, I'm still hurting. Guess what they did? They gave her a baby aspirin. They gave her the baby aspirin and they said, well, how you feel now? I feel good. Next step, they sent her to a psychiatrist. It was a mind thing. It was a mind thing. Your mind controls your body. Your body only goes according to what your mind believes. Whatever you build up in your heart, your body is so subject to it that when you see it, your body begins to shake. Because that's what your body is subject to, where your heart is. Y'all, we have to get our heart in alignment with what this word is saying. Even though we have God's heart, there's some blockages there that we have put there because we have not gone into the word the way we need to to remove these things. If you're thinking you need something more than you need God, there's a blockage. And you need to get rid of that blockage. If you think that you need to hang around with a crowd that don't know Jesus or saying they know Jesus, but they living outside of Jesus, there's a blockage. And you need to find out what that blockage is. One of them is rejection and loneliness. Because if you got to follow the crowd to feel special, something's wrong. Especially being born again. Because in him, you have everything that you need. Y'all, it's time to quit putting stuff on top of stuff. It's time to dig up what we have planted so we can live the life that God has made for us through his son, Jesus Christ. It's time for us to get over us and live this new life in Christ. Amen? Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. And what I want to do at this time